You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. This is episode number 18, Sleep. It's not just for babies. I am so happy you are here. So I was goofing around with the name, so sleep, because I love sleep. Sleep is actually one of my big time hobbies. Whenever kids are walking around and they've got a clipboard and they're trying to take a poll of what hobbies people have at school, they say, Mrs. O'Day, what's your hobby? And I say, sleep, napping. And they're like, no, 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 what do you do for fun? And I said, napping. I like sleep. I like to take naps. That is my hobby. So I was thinking about it, and I'm passionate about health, and I try and teach and model living the peace pyramid, and in the very bottom level is health. And so sleep is absolutely the hugest component of all, when it comes to health, we, we sleep a third of our lives away. It might as well be restorative and make you feel good and complete and, and whole. So I don't know why sleep like a baby turned into a phrase because I think babies actually are kind of restless in their sleep and um, they wake up pretty darn often. So that said, that's what I've decided to entitle this episode. And then the the runner-up was Sleep, It Does a Body Good, which is, of course, a play on milk, It Does a Body Good. And in our house, milk does not do a body good because all of us are, are slightly dairy intolerant. So that didn't feel good with me anyway. So anyway, let's talk sleep. Because I love sleep. And... After I had my major panic attack in about 2016 or so, and I realized that I couldn't keep doing what I was doing, and I needed to make some massive changes in my life, and that is when I knew for sure that I wanted to slow down and take control of my life. And I explained the backstory of all of this in the first few episodes of this podcast. But the fact is that somehow over the years of having kids and starting a business and working for myself and then having the business kind of take off in this rather sort of quick and sudden way that I didn't really understand and it wasn't what I had envisioned, I just sort of lost track of what I wanted out of life. And I, and I, didn't have my GPS properly planned out. And I was just sort of letting life happen to me. And I didn't like it. And my health began to suffer. And the very first thing I really noticed was how utterly bone tired I was. I was literally just exhausted all of the time. I would wake up tired. 
I would wander around in this kind of like brain fog. My bones hurt. My joints hurt. My hair was brittle. My nails were brittle. I I didn't have a spring in my step. I was just really, really, really tired. And I had recently turned 40. And so I, I went to the doctor. The doctor took all my blood work and said, yes, you're fine. Welcome to your 40s. And as a new wife and mother in my late 20s and early 30s, I had the same sort of kind of dismissive attitude from my doctors and, and from my general practitioners. And they're like, yep, welcome to motherhood. So I had this kind of martyrish kind of this is as good as it gets grin and bear it attitude for way too long, 10 years, 15 years, bordering on 20 years. And I don't want that for you. It was not a fun feeling for me. It is is not something that I want anyone to feel like this is as good as it gets and welcome to your 40s and, and welcome to being a woman and welcome to motherhood. No, I, I think taking charge of your health and absolutely taking charge of your sleep is a fixable problem. It is figure outable. We can, we can do this. We can decide to make a game plan and really feel good in your skin and really feel good in your body. And recently when I had turned 40 on paper, everything looked amazing. We were living in our dream house and we still are. It's got lots of bedrooms. It's got an office. It it has nice yard. We're in our dream neighborhood. We've got great friends and all of our family lives super close by. And so on paper, everything was great, but I could tell deep down inside that, that something was off. I was just really, really tired. And no matter how hard I tried to catch up on sleep, I always felt behind. And I've now fixed this. I, I actually sleep like a rock each night uninterrupted sleep. I don't even get up hardly at all anymore for bathroom break for about seven hours. I don't take any supplements. I am not drugged up in any way, but I've learned over the years that I need to listen to my body and I need to slow down and I need to trust my gut and my intuition and just really, really listen to my body. I did need to make some rather large changes to my life and some actual physical changes to our bedroom and then some habitual changes to my own particular lifestyle. But I can honestly tell you that I have never ever felt better and more alive than I do right now. And I actually feel much better now at 45 than I felt in my 30s. So, Steph, what did you do? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So before we get into how awesome things are now and what I did to get from where I was then to where I am now, I want to share kind of the the pinnacle point about just sort of brain fog and, and wandering around in utter, <laughs> utter exhaustion and bewilderment. And it kind of came to a head on a 15-day road trip that we took the family on in our pop-up tent trailer camper. Because those 15 days were literally the worst sleep 
of my entire life. Worse than when I, I brought the kids home from the hospital. Worse than any anything. <laughs> and it should have been the wake-up call I needed. But instead of listening to my body and instead of doing something about my lack of sleep for those two weeks in a row, I kind of let it go for another two years. And I don't, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I, I can't believe that, that Steph then wasn't as in tune to her body as Steph is now. But I was just going through the motions. I was just trying to make things happen. And I was kind of in a go, 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 whatever. When, when things slow down, I'll take care of it. And I think, and I hope my point is to you is there's no better time to listen to your body. There's no better time to slow down. You can't wait for, for things to happen to you. You kind of need to make things happen and you do need to take charge. And I don't want you to wait for a horrible medical diagnosis or some sort of like either literal or kind of metaphoric crash to happen in your life. I, I want you to pause and take a deep breath and kind of just take stock of the here and now. And if things aren't working, you can absolutely fix them. You are not, it's not an inevitability that things the way they are now is how they're going to be forever. If we're lucky, life is long and you can absolutely change the path you're on and change the trajectory. So in Simple Shortcuts to Peace, that's my signature program, I talk about the peace pyramid and the very, very tippy top, the feeling of peace that comes from knowing your time management, your health, your finances, your relationship, and all of your organization is all working together in a cohesive way. And, and that's what I believe in. And I got to tell you, it just feels so awesome to wake up each morning after about seven hours of sleep and just know, wow, I have got this. Let's, let's go make things happen. Let's go make things happen in a way that feels good, not in a way that I feel behind or in a way that I feel pressured or hustled or just wanting to fill up my calendar and fill up my days and go, go, go. And it's a great feeling. It's absolutely a great feeling. So let me tell you about this road trip. <laughs> it was years in the making, years in the planning. Adam and I had envisioned taking the kids in an RV of some sort for an extended trip so we could see as many sites as we could in the two weeks that he was allotted for summertime vacation. So this was in about, I don't know, maybe 2015. So very pre-pandemic. I know in the middle of the pandemic, everybody had this idea and everybody was buying or renting RVs and, and campers and trailers. But uh, so, so we, were <laughs> we were before all of that. And our kids at the time were five, 10, and 13. So we knew it was a great age to travel with them. We could all fit comfortably into our minivan. And so we bought a, a pop-up tent trailer to pull. And so I mapped out our trip and I actually printed on paper, very old school like, turn by turn directions from each campsite to the next one in case we lost Wi Fi or GPS. 
And I also printed out directions to all of the local hospitals, just in case. And thankfully, we we never, ever needed those directions. And then also, because we're gluten-free, I mapped out where we would eat and where we could kind of restock the cooler with um, safe gluten-free food for us. It's so funny. It was very dorky that I um, I am not a spreadsheet girl. I am a paper and pen. And so I had this this plastic accordion file and in it for each of the 15 days, I had a different <laughs> a different pocket where I'm like, okay, so this in case we need it is the, is the local hospital. And oh, okay, these are the sites and we're going to go to this, this museum and, and that museum. We went to, oh my gosh, we went to so many museums. We went to a lot of um, pioneer <laughs> museums. And so after the third or the fourth, they all kind of look alike. There, there's always the covered wagon. There's, there's always the hardship tales. And, and the kids were just rolling their eyes. And, and I look back on it fondly. But they, <laughs> they really don't want to go to any more pioneer museums. But I love them. I, I have a bit of homesteading in my, in my bones and DNA. And it just feels really good to me. So anyway... I have all of the photos of this trip and I can remember bits and pieces of it and I can remember the feelings, but a lot of what the day-to-day was, I have completely kind of like lost time. So I know we went to Mount Rushmore and the Grand Tetons and to Dinosaur National Park my parents and my brother actually flew in and met me, met us in Utah. And it was just an amazing trip. And I'm so glad that I have the photos because I can honestly hardly remember any of it. It is super hazy and blurry in my brain. And that's because I literally did not sleep on that trip. I remember putting the kids to bed. And then Adam falling asleep, and then I would climb in, and I got up about every 20 minutes. I'd be able to doze off, and then all of a sudden I would jerk awake. And I'd get up, I'd go to the bathroom, and then I would climb back in the sleeping bag and try again. Over and over and over again. Every 20 to 40 minutes, like clockwork. I could not get a solid stretch of sleep. Two hours, three hours, I would have loved that. I was bone-chillingly tired for 15 nights in a row. And when we got back home, I went back to my old sleep habits right away. And they were not great at the time, but they were better. And I was able to sleep in two to three hour stretches again. So that was 2015. And now here we are in 2022 And my sleep tracker said last night that I slept solid with no wake-ups for seven hours and 15 minutes, which is amazing. So what changed? Well, first off, the the very, the, the biggest thing was I went away with some friends for a 40th birthday party getaway, and we were all in the same hotel room. And... My friend Jen uh, in the morning said, hey, Steph, you snore. And I said, yeah, I know. She goes, no, like you really snore. You need to talk to somebody about that. And she's a great friend. And instead of listening to her and doing something about it, I was kind of annoyed and pissed off because (laughs) 
Adam has always told me that I snored and I knew that I snored, but I didn't think it was a big deal. And so I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. I snore. So I, again, did not follow the breadcrumbs and, and did not put two to two together. And I sort of ignored it for, I don't know, three months, six months until one day I Googled super crazy tired and I snore. What, what does this mean? And it kept coming up with sleep apnea. And sleep apnea didn't make sense to me because I had read in, in quite a few how to sleep books and um, the books that I like is Sleep Smarter and that's by Sean Stevenson and he is the host of the Model Health podcast and he has a series of how to sleep podcast episodes and then he put it all together in the Sleep Smarter book. And he talked about sleep apnea and he talked about it being an issue for people who were obese or overweight. And I had always kind of had an appropriate BMI. So I shrugged off sleep apnea. There's no way I had sleep apnea. Meanwhile, I'd gone to the doctor many times and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. And they just sort of shrugged it off like, yep, you're middle-aged. Like, yep, you pee a lot. Yep, this is what happens. But... Google told me I had sleep apnea. And so I messaged my doctor and I said, hey, a friend of mine says I snore and I'm still super tired. I would like a sleep study. So I think it's because I was proactive and asked for a sleep study. My doctor immediately messaged back, sure, you bet. And so I, I did a sleep study. The sleep study that I did was a take-home one. So it was very similar to like a very large Apple Watch attached to this machine thing and small. It was about the size of a, I don't know, a Walkman. <laughs> Does that show how old I am? It's about the size of a Walkman. So um, I don't know, smaller than an iPad, bigger than an iPhone and kind of thick. So so that was attached to me and, and I had something around my finger to track my, my pulse and my oxygen levels, I guess. So I did the sleep study and I turned the machine in, and then my doctor messaged me. And I stopped breathing 45 times that night, which is kind of amazing and also super crazy scary that here I was over 40 and have three kids and I don't breathe 45 times a night. So that was absolutely terrifying. So why I was jerking awake probably on our long road trip is because we were in a higher altitude, a higher elevation, and it's much harder to breathe normally. And so that's why I was being jerked awake even more often then. So thankfully I did jerk awake and I did gasp for air <laughs> and that's why I'm recording this for you today. And so, so now Steph of now, I sleep with a CPAP machine every single night and I love it. I, I love, 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 love my CPAP machine. So anyone who has sleep apnea or knows of someone and they don't use their CPAP machine, please encourage them, highly encourage them. Use your CPAP machine. Yes, it takes a week, maybe 10 days to get used to it, but your body needs sleep. 
there's a learning curve, but make it through the learning curve and learn to fall in love, like actually fall in love with the CPAP machine. So instead of having like these defeatist thoughts of, ugh, I have to sleep with this thing every day for the rest of my life. Instead, oh my gosh, this magical, amazing, wonderful invention is clearing my air passageways and helping me sleep. And I sleep like a baby, an actual baby, which again, as I said in the beginning, babies are actually kind of restless, but you know what I mean? It feels amazing. So that was the biggest thing I did was to ask for a sleep study and, um, and follow through with, with the, with the steps. So if you snore in any way and you're tired, if you are of an average weight and you think sleep apnea can't be a thing, please ask for a sleep study and get tested for sleep apnea. One other thing is when I went to the specialist, when I went to the ear, nose and throat doctor, and I was trying to figure out why my breathing passageways um, close so often each night after kind of a, a skull x-ray pointed out that my, my soft palate is large for, for my mouth and then asked if I was a thumb sucker as a child. And I said, yes, I absolutely was. And I actually um, sucked my thumb for an embarrassingly long period of time. And he pointed out that even as a baby and as a super young child, I was pushing up on my soft palate and trying to open my sleep path, uh, my sleep airways that way, my and uh, my breathing airways to help me sleep. And so that's why, as a baby and and as a young kid, I just slept better if I sucked my thumb. It's because I could actually breathe. And so I thought that was really interesting. So again, if you have a history of thumb sucking, if you snore, if you're exhausted get yourself tested for sleep apnea and, and do not have any sort of defeatist thought about sleeping with a CPAP machine. It's so not a big deal. It is amazeballs. I love my machine. Um, I get super excited when I meet other people who have CPAP machines and, and we share stories and it's, it's just great. Um, I travel with it. Um, I'm going to get a little battery backup for it for when we go camping again and I know for, for some of my friends and family that live in other states where they have lots of blackouts and, and power outages, it's a really good idea to have some sort of backup battery or, or generator. Are you wondering if you're on the right path? Are you secretly worried that you are forgetting to put your own needs and wants first while you raise your family? What if I told you it is not too late and you really could have the dream life you've always wanted and all it would take is a few tweaks to your mindset? Each week, I have a few open slots for free coaching calls. Together, we can decipher your most challenging mindset block and clear it away so you can live out the life you've always wanted. You can sign up at stephanieoday.com forward slash mindset. You should hurry because I'm not sure how long I'm going to have this available for free and I'd hate for you to miss out. The URL again is stephanieoday.com forward slash mindset. Okay, 
So what were the other things that I did? You bet. So (laughs) one thing Adam and I did do is we upgraded to a king size bed. And this was actually after being married for 20 years. This was our anniversary present to ourselves. And I had resisted to get a king size bed because I read somewhere when we were first married that you have more sex and you've got a better marriage if you sleep in a queen. And so that's what I wanted. And so that's what we had. And that's what we did. We moved our our queen bed around from two different apartments to, let's see, we're in our fourth house. So, and, and in the bedroom that we have now, it's huge. And so the queen size bed looked kind of comical. It No home and garden television show designer would think that a queen size bed was appropriate for our bedroom space. Yet that's what we had for um, 20 years. So when we took our oldest to college, and, and actually it wasn't even for college, it was for a welcome weekend. We were in a, a hotel and it had a king size bed. And I had already started thinking along those way, that way that maybe we should get a bigger bed. And, and I had the CPAP machine. And so I was definitely sleeping better, but the, the way the bed worked was every time Adam moved, I could feel it. So we were in this hotel and it had a king size bed and it had this kind of like memory foam mattress and it was amazing. And I, I remember that he could like literally bounce on the other end of this bed and I couldn't feel it. So I'm like, we need this. So the hotel actually had a little kind of like stand up a a frame card on the nightstand advertising the mattress. And so right then and there, we hooked up to the hotel's Wi-Fi and Google this mattress. And yeah, I don't know, it was like four grand. And in the great big huge scheme of things, four grand isn't a lot of money to sleep really well. But again, super Scottish not interested. So instead, when we got home, we Googled around and found that Costco had really, really good mattresses and had the memory foam and all of these different levels and layers to the mattress. And we could achieve the exact same effect for about 1500. So that's what we did. And I love this mattress. It is an amazing mattress. Whenever we check into a different hotel or an Airbnb or or sleep anywhere else, my first thought is, eh, our mattress at home is better. And, and it's absolutely the case. We can go into a luxury hotel, but our mattress at home is better. And that's what I would like for you. I would love for you <laughs> to be so in love with your bed that um, you can't wait when you're traveling to, to get home to it. So the other thing that I did buy for our bedroom were blackout curtains. And they make the room so dark that I literally cannot see my hand in front of our fa- my face. It is very, very dark. Um, we do have a digital clock on the other side of the room. And I put, I, I, I want to be, I want to say that, that we cover the digital clock and make it sound like really fancy and she-she that we have like this special cover to cover the digital clock. But no, we have an old wool sock and that is what we use each night to cover the digital blue green light of the digital clock. So that is covered. Neither of us have ever slept with any clocks or devices right by our head. I don't like the idea of cell stuff by my head. 
it doesn't feel right. So our, our clocks, our devices are always on the other side of the room. And, and that's actually why we have always had such good kind of wake up habits and wake up routines where we're not snoozers. I set my alarm for 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. and it's on the other side of the room. So in order for me to turn it off, I have to physically get out of bed and um, turn it off. And, and once you're out of bed, it's really difficult to climb back in. Your brain's like, okay, you're up. Let's do it. Let's go to the bathroom. Let's get your day started. So that's an aside. At, at some point, I will record uh, how to be an early riser and, and how to create a morning routine episode for you. Okay. What are the other things that I did to help with my sleep? We use an air purifier at nighttime in our bedroom, and that is for white noise. And then it also really does help purify the dust out of the air. And and my CPAP machine also has a filter in it. So that is helpful. But the, the bedroom we're in does have carpeting and carpeting creates an awful lot of dust. At some point, we'll rip it out, but we're not there yet. Another thing I ended up buying was on Amazon, an ergonomic pillow. I wanted to learn to sleep on my back um, because sleeping on your back is actually one of the the best long-term sleep positions. And the older you get, it's just the best way to keep your spine stable. And since I've got the CPAP machine, it's just easier and it kind of keeps the tubing in place if you sleep on the back, on your back. I will roll over on my side here and there, but I try and fall asleep each night on my back. I have a kind of a knee wedge pillow. So if I am on my side, my knees are wedged apart with a knee wedge pillow. And then if I'm sleeping on my back, I actually just kind of prop it under both knees. So relieves pressure on my lower back. And so I like that. And, and I travel with this. I travel with the knee wedge and I travel with the ergonomic pillow. So what else do I do? I sleep in earplugs. I even before the CPAP machine, I slept in earplugs because I was always such a light sleeper. Any cough, any sneeze from the kids, I would jerk awake. Um, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was a light sleeper because I had sleep apnea. But even now, I'm sleeping with the CPAP machine and earplugs, and I still hear the kids before Autumn does. So I'm pretty sexy when I go to bed each night. I've got my CPAP machine. I've got my earplugs. Lately, I sleep in an arm and shoulder brace because I injured my rotator cuff. I've got an ergonomic pillow, and I, I also use a lacrosse ball under my right shoulder blade. I sleep on my back, and I've got this lacrosse ball, and again, that's for my rotator cuff injury. And then I've got that other knee wedge under my knees. So super good looking stuff, but I sleep and my sleep is amazing. And I just feel so great. And and it's just sort of mind blowing. This past month, I'm actually sleeping better than I did even just a few months ago. And, And I think it's because I'm in the middle of a dry January and that alcohol just doesn't work well for me. If I want that really, really super deep, restful, I don't wake up at all sleep. So even if I've got had just a tiny amount early in the evening, so all of the effects have fully worn off before bed, it disturbs my sleep. It, it is a diuretic. At some point, I've got to wake up to pee. And it just, 
I, it's harder to fall back asleep if you have to get out of bed in the middle of the night. And so I found that in the dry January, I, I'm sleeping better. And it's really making me want to not necessarily give up alcohol completely forever and ever, but maybe instead of limiting it from two to three times a week, maybe only two to three times a month and just saving it for special occasions or or dinners out or or family events because it disturbs my sleep. So if you aren't getting the sleep you deserve, I I suggest kind of doing some investigative research and and maybe you do give yourself a 30-day break from alcohol and see if your sleep improves. Some point I will record an episode about alcohol. I've got a lot of thoughts about it, but for now, I'm just going to leave it as as this. I would like to talk a tiny bit about supplements because a lot of people recommend high dosing with magnesium or melatonin. And when I was trying to figure out my my best sleep, and, and honestly, it took a few years of trial and error. And even after I had the CPAP machine, um, it took a bit for me to get into a really good, solid sleep routine. And I did try taking melatonin here and there. And I did supplement with magnesium. And the magnesium that I happen to like the best is magnesium citrate. And I did take large doses of magnesium citrate before bed. And, and that's because not only was my sleep a wreck, but my digestion was too. And magnesium citrate helps with constipation. I'm happy to say I'm no longer constipated and I feel great, but that's because of intermittent fasting, which is another huge component of why my health is in such good shape right now. I wrote about my intermittent fasting research and and my own personal experiences in my 246 Eat book. And, And actually, that is what I'm going to talk about in our very next episode. So episode 19 is 246 Eat, and it's intermittent fasting simplified. But everything's good in that regard now. I I sleep well, and I'm no longer constipated without any supplementation, and I don't take anything. So if we're traveling here and there, and I feel a bit anxious, and I can't fall asleep right away, I keep in our getaway bag five milligrams of melatonin, the kind of dissolvable tablets, But on a regular night at home, I am dead to the world in about 10 minutes flat. Before I sign off today, I want to talk directly to those who have very young kids in the house and those who might have infants and toddlers who don't sleep through the night yet and those who are breastfeeding and and those who need to get up to, to help little ones. Because some of this advice that I shared earlier, it's not going to apply to you yet. And that's okay because you're in a different phase of your life and you're pretty much in the firefighting kind of nuances of day-to-day life. And if you've got an infant in the house who's still needing to eat every few hours, this advice, the advice that I shared, it's not going to be pertinent to you. And that's okay. And you will get through this. This is just a teeny tiny blimp, blimp, (laughs) blip on the radar of your life. And so my best suggestion for you is to try your hardest to get sleep in any way you can. Nap if you can, co-sleep if it makes sense to you and your family. Do whatever it takes to get sleep because now is not forever. Don't worry about creating bad habits that you can't fix later 
with your baby. An infant is not a toddler, and a toddler is not a preschooler. Everything is fixable, and everything is figureoutable. So do what you need to do to get some sleep right now. And after your baby's about six months, nine months, 12 months, and can start eating more solid food, and you need different advice, that's fine. Reach out. The advice will change. But you know intuitively when it's time to night wean and when your toddler or preschooler is just kind of working you and working the system. Remember, life is long. This is a journey, and it's not something to rush through. So enjoy this time the best you can. Soak it in. I promise, 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 promise that at some point you will miss walking the halls at 3 a.m. with a colicky baby. And what is so interesting to me now is that my kids are so old. (laughs) They are 20 and 17 and 12. And here and there, they still need help in the middle of the night or somebody's got a bad dream, or the toilet is clogged. And even with my CPAP machine and an air purifier and earplugs, I jerk awake and I can hear my kids before my husband does. So it's just really, really difficult to kind of turn off mom brain and and mom survival mode instincts. And you've just got to do what you got to do. And so that's really my takeaway from you is to keep trying things and to keep experimenting. If you've got any questions or comments, let me know. And this is exactly why I designed my signature Simple Shortcuts to Peace course. Bottom level is where health is because you cannot live out the life of your dreams, the one where you know deep down inside that your life is running like a well-oiled machine if your health is out of whack. And sleep is a huge component of your health. You're asleep for a third of your life and you deserve to sleep well and wake up refreshed. For more help with your health, visit Simple Shortcuts to Peace and enroll in the coaching program. It's the most economic way to work with me one-on-one and access all of the trainings and books and worksheets. You can read all about it at stephanieoday.com forward slash peace. Okay, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about my 246 Eat book and how intermittent fasting is one of the best ways ever to take control of your health. And it has nothing to do with losing weight. It's all about regaining your health. Shoot me an email with any and all questions or leave me a voicemail recording at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast. Because remember, if you've got a question, Somebody else most likely does also, and they're just not as brave as you. So these recorded questions go straight to me, and you do not need to leave any identifying information. You can make up your name, and you can be completely anonymous. So all right. Thank you, Slow Down Society. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this episode with your friends, your family. If you've got value out of it, chances are they will too. I will see you next time. Have a great day and happy slow living. Do you have a slow living story to share? 
Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.